0: What is up everyone, it is Jeff from Attack at Random And we're coming back at at you with another episode This time around we're just gonna do a little Friday night unwinding Gonna be drinking, gonna be talking about some d d some more nerd related stuff So, let's get it
1: doing man? I'm doing pretty well,
0: pretty well. So I just started recording. I already did the intro, so we don't have to worry about that. But yeah, man. How's how's your week been?
1: <laughs> this week sucked actually. Uh I when broadcasting but this, this week sucked real bad. I vet bills, school, uh my my the college I'm going to they're they got hacked. Confirmed outside source authorities are involved. Uh, and for like the last week and a half, it's been interfering with actually getting anything done with school. I gotcha. Oh, yeah. Hey, I can actually hear your music this time. Really? That's fucking weird.
0: Yeah, this is the music that I play in the background where it's just like really chill and, you know, nice little soft background music. Doesn't necessarily hurt anything.
1: Yeah. Hey, man, I'm all about a jazz tavern.
0: Bro. Just having like going into back into Waterdeep and just having one of the taverns completely be like a jazz bar.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Like old school jazz bar too. Yeah. Like dress code. For real. Like no no armor. No
0: armor at all. No weapons. Just you know, straight out high luxury dress code. And then that's when everything starts popping off.
1: Yep, the moment the players are disarmed, yeah. that's
0: the perfect time. But, uh,
1: but no, in, in the last forty-eight hours, I think I've done like twelve assignments, mm.
0: and I imagine those are like really high requirement assignments. Like you know that you got to do a bunch of stuff for one specific thing.
1: No, I just have I have some teachers. That have put in the syllabus. You know, if you miss if you miss one assignment, fine. If you miss two assignments, that's it. I'm uh, I'm going to stop grading all of your work for the semester.
0: That is very harsh, but I kind of understand that.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree. I haven't missed anything. Obviously, not on purpose. But it's way harder during. A covid where everything's on like I've never I've spoken to this teacher once in a in an office hours meeting I set up
0: yeah so you basically have to go out your way to make sure this
1: gets basically taken care of yeah and this is the uh, the class where there were four assignments from that class for one week
2: mm-hmm.
1: takes uh, this class very seriously but it is my speech class, like just my fundamentals of speech class. And I'm taking the craft of history, European history from 14th century on, and uh, uh, human geography. Okay. Uh, it's actually really interesting. I've actually been having a lot of fun with that class. But the speech class, like, look, dude, like, I know what the fuck I'm doing with the speech. My... My average grade right now is ni- is ninety eight plus percent on all my speeches,
0: bro. I give you credit because it and like some of our buddies can attest to this. I am a horrible student, so just the fact that you, you're able to achieve that high of a grade in that specific class is
1: a, a lot of hard work put, and dedication. I put a qualifier that high grade for my speeches. <laughs> Fair that does not apply to all the rest of my grades. <laughs> I am I am solidly B. Bro. Not
0: minus or plus, I'm just B. I would have been very low D to an F in that class. I had to take a um, interpersonal communication class when I was in college. And straight off the bat, I already made a very bad first impression because I sat in the very back of the class and this is um this teacher or professor, I don't know what they would like to be called nowadays um, She was very I guess uh, picky when it came to certain things Or had a lot, a lot of pet peeves, I should say And one of those things was profanity She did not like profanity Did not like any cl- articles of clothing that had profanity And if you were to use profanity You had to donate a dollar to her swear jar I have no idea what she did with that money, but I'm pretty sure she kept it. But very first, you know, day of that class, first time I actually met this person, I walked in with a shirt that said, you know, let's get fucking weird. And luckily, she did not see me at the time because I walked in first. She wasn't there yet. And she did the whole thing where you had to stand up and introduce yourself. To the front of the class, and you know, give a bunch of stuff. And this is after she said she did not like profanity, and I was kind of very hesitant <laughs> to actually get up. And my name is so, Yeah. it was it was one of those where I was like, okay, I'm just might as well own own up to it. And she gave a very disappoint,ed like, and almost hateful look at me.
2: No.
0: So, like the rest of that class, I. Try to do the very best that I can. But it
1: was just so fucking boring. I'm just going to do it. I, so this class is actually, I hate this class. I, I really do. And I regret taking it, but it's a mandatory thing. But the only reason why I'm doing as well as I am on my speeches is it's because of the prior experience. That's all it is. You, when you've been instructing or in charge of X amount of, uh, teenagers to early 20 somethings you you have to be able to grab attention you have to keep attention and then you have to instruct because you have things you need to get done
0: definitely definitely which is something
1: that is beyond my skill set um because i you said it's beyond your skill set right now yeah everybody uh, i think it's a skill everyone acquires it's just what's going to be the trigger that causes you to acquire usually it's parenthood i think
0: Yeah, I I definitely have to agree with that Um, I don't know, like for me It's one of those things where I don't want to take charge Being that there's a lot of responsibilities And a lot of uh, consequences If things go wrong in terms of leadership So I would rather follow someone That I know for a fact Has better leadership skills than I do And interject every once in a while And will take charge when, and only when it's like really necessary.
1: I am. I I get that, and I actually I think I resemble that as well. I think I'm ultimately a guy behind the scenes. I don't really, I don't have the natural charisma or gravitas to assume a leadership position, but I am a knowledgeable first mate for all intents and purposes. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm, I fully I'm, agree with that. I'm overqualified to be a first mate, but I'm i'm not quite there at captain i'm some in some weird place between the two yep i definitely agree with that
0: i would much rather be the supporting character i'll be the healer i'll be the white mage i just don't want to be like the upfront charismatic talking to every person you walk into the tavern you know going taking it back to every animal you find in the forest yeah stand by (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm fully waiting for that and i don't know if you noticed but during our last session um when you guys were underwater I did describe the school of fish, thinking you were going to
1: actually talk to those fish. No, I don't have the spell slots for that. You just had us have a huge fight, and we're going after this colossal uh, island sinking threat. From what we understood at the time, you know, this is uh, <laughs> there. You go. You had you had a will expectation of the players. It's like, oh, I put this thing clearly in front of you guys, but I made everything s- seem so dramatic that now zoomed in, lasered in on the yeah. the threat the immediate problem yeah and I went as I only had two spell slots I went down there with two spell slots
0: yeah I, I after I presented the, the whole school of fish I started realizing like wait these guys burned a lot of resources like before even coming down here so this is gonna be a tough fight and it was but it was enjoyable um, it was definitely a fight that I, I could definitely see you guys winning but by the you know the skin of your teeth which is what I wanted to portray.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, Zealot, uh, bandit, captain, stat-blocked Zalezo was, uh, a friggin' insane. Absolutely insane. Just like, hey, yo, nobody's hit you. Nobody's even hitting you. Bro, nobody's even hitting you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... That could potentially lead to the group of players assuming, well, the Zalezo, the Zalezo, the Coast's guardsmen are not to be trusted because they might all be uh, psychos like him. We don't know. Yeah, that, I guess the only person that has, well, the only two other characters
0: that have had interactions with the Zalezo in terms of the Benajiri Coast would have to be um, Tegan and Xander.
1: But. Yeah, But it's the first campaign In campaign introduction to them And that's the first impression That yeah. sets the pace mm-hmm. And now that's like a so burn
0: in, Inside of you guys' mind where You may not be able to trust any others So you come across
1: I'm not gonna lie, this is not an insult It's not a dig, but I was getting like Tony flashbacks for a moment like Yo, what the fuck? I this know. dude's nuts, does he not give a shit? I know, I know And I was weary of that
0: But at that point, I was actually following the the module like as is. And this guy was batshit insane. Where no matter what you said, what you did, he was going to attack you regardless. Like any action you did was going to
1: be met with violence. I'm, I'm familiar with him. I had actually read this adventure way before. I, yeah. I'm actually familiar with this. I was familiar with this adventure though, with, with, with Paul La Flora. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, okay, shut in my fucking mouth. Forget <laughs> everything I knew. What? But that's where the, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's always room DM can choose to change things. You are the DM. Yeah. If um, somebody makes a really compelling argument, it's like, you know, the book doesn't say anything. If it doesn't offer an explanation why is like you know what that makes good enough sense for me or nope that doesn't make good enough sense I'm gonna go berserk on you players yeah and
0: because of our first campaign like that is still I guess the thing that I'm most afraid of of leading a campaign into that territory so I've been planning things out to, got, to get you guys in a better situation and set you guys up for, for the hero Yeah, I think this was just a I want to throw you guys into a, a certain part of the world where, or the continent where you shit can definitely go bad regardless of what you do and there is a bigger threat at bay but you guys still know that there's other shit you can do
1: yeah i'm definitely hoping at least for a few levels we get to do just some regular like quests some like basic t- Fetch the whatever. Go, go, conv- Go sneak in, grab this item. Or, hey, go escort this caravan. Like, I'm hoping for for at least a few vanilla ones. that would be would uh, be cool. But you know that that book has so many adventures in it. Like, yeah. we could literally do all of the low level adventures. Like, just go through all of them. But like, you're gonna be forced to level up. Like, there's no way. Mm-hmm. Just you could do them all. But by the time you get that last one in you're like level six level seven murdering your way through it yeah
0: but i i definitely have um some ideas and hoping things go that way but it really just depends on on the dice honestly you
1: got me sweating bullets at second ship because i remember because it's like oh second ship i don't remember that oh fuck Oh fuck! And I and I did my best not to meta. I played clueless and didn't do anything else. Mm. And I don't I don't read ahead. I don't read ahead. I, just, I remembered that one because I was looking up. Oh, there's some cool menagerie Coast starting ones. I'm nervous. I I right now think uh, our best option is to uh, acquiesce. This is not a time to try to get G checked. Just, uh, just I think we could, we could we could definitely kill just just three earrings crew. We could definitely win that. No question. That wouldn't even be a contest. We, I mean, Boarth is gone. We've got spoiler alert. We're in the Z- Zandria campaign wild mount setting. Uh was like, you're down a guy. I imagine they didn't get to rest because they had to keep a ship manned and stay on. So there's a lot of work that goes into that. So I imagine we just had a long rest and maybe only some of them did like Fresh, and I got new spells, and I can set this, set this ship on fire as an insurance policy. Yeah, I
0: will say this, um, just to give a little bit more context of what's been happening. At after the point where you guys basically defeated the the, the priestess underwater. Oh, good job. Yeah, after that, that's kind of where that adventure in the book ends. So yeah, every, that's, I, this is on new ground now. Yeah, and this is something nobody that, that has read the the book will even know. So that
1: second ship is just is a second ship. Yeah, so I, I'm. We know they're from dark dark. Torches. Oh, these are some friends of mine. These are pirate. It's another pirate ship. Said roughly, it was like about the same size ship. Yeah, I think. So it's same size crew. Assuming it's like you know you don't we know. got. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it's like it's, it's uh, like I said assumptions. But I'm playing my level 3 moon druid and I have flaming sphere. Yeah. It's your version of fireball. I mean it's fireball but hey, I can chase you with it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> actually just thought about
0: something creating like an Indiana Jones type of an encounter where
1: it's just a flaming sphere just chasing you down the tunnel the group does like those you guys enjoyed that alleyway that was like in, that was the closest thing to Indiana Jones I've thrown at you guys I basically had a, a, a dragon chasing you guys through the streets yeah which was a lot of fun honestly Brilliant. so uh, that's definitely cool if I, if I get to cast anything man if I, if I, if it if it pops off, I'm gonna do this flaming sphere, and I'm just going straight for the straight for the sails. I'm just lighting the sails on fire, and I'm dragging across the ship. If ain't nobody coming out. out oh like, man! Either we all can leave, or ain't nobody leaving. Dude, that's good.
0: I'm fully invested and interested on in what's gonna happen next, honestly. But I, my main goal is to give you guys that. Very heroic
1: adventure that everybody wants. Yeah, I think uh, I, th- I think we're all kind of <sighs> between my my campaign and then Eberron I think I think uh, we need to break from the gray mm-hmm. and just kind of keep things more, more, more black and white, cut. just a little bit. But now that we're getting better at role play, we did the prompts. Maybe now this is good practice to get ready for more gray themes. So when, you know, later on in an arc or so. They could reintroduce it back in the same campaign for you if that's stuff that you're as a DM because it's about your fun too, not just let me just facilitate you guys' game. It's the whole table's game, DM included. So yeah. when you got, I really want to try this out. It's uh, uh
0: so it's it's always on the table. Definitely, definitely, and. I don't know, like, I, I'm more excited about this campaign and what I have in store, now that I have uh, a lot more like sessions under my belt. So I have a f- more firm grasp on what I can do and what's my strength and what's my weaknesses.
1: With, um, with Eberron, cause you know, I only got to play like four sessions of it. <laughs> but uh, with, uh, with the prompts, you think we'd still be in Eberron right now if we had split that up, or would it still have played out? The same I mean, they would have been more fleshed out characters, but you know, deck of many things, deck of many things. Yeah, it. still love it. I feel
0: they you guys would have maybe stayed in Eberron a little bit more, if especially if um, everyone was more tied with each other, if you will. Like if everyone actually gave a fuck about each other as much as they did in this campaign,
1: because supposedly we got. I've, I've yet to see Xander give a shit. Besides, okay, you're my crew. I'm loyal to you.
0: Yeah, Xander's a, a wild card because he's basically the I don't give a fuck type of a uh, personality. He's he's very chaotic, neutral. I
1: I enjoy chaotic Zach better than awful Zach. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I enjoy him playing characters like Xander's, Xander far more than like Giannis yeah it, it definitely suits him a lot better um, it's more
0: fun oh yeah Thank definitely you. and uh, especially in terms of like Chris's uh, character uh, Tegan it, it definitely feels a more natural for him as far as like from yeah. a DM point of view
1: yeah, from, from my point of view as DM before, like, anytime, like, some of the emotional responses from people in the game, it felt forced or unearned. Does, does that make sense as far as unearned? Is like, people will respond, oh, you know, because of my backstory, this, you said this one thing and it triggered me, so now I'm blah, 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 blah. And it was like, okay, yeah, but you didn't flesh that out, you didn't express that in character, you never yeah. did things like... I want as a DM to be able to drop a nugget to your backstory and not have it be like, you being be like, Oh my God, it's here. This is my thing. Like, no, I'm going to drop a nugget. And then I'm going to ignore you. Yep. And that's it. And then, and then uh, not to copy off Matt Mercer, but you know, he's dropped nuggets and it didn't, his, his, his players didn't just become absorbed with the nuggets they were given. That wasn't the end all be all. They were still reacting to their present and that was just flavored.
0: And that's actually one of the things that I've been uh, Trying to work on too Which uh, you guys have seen me Drop a small hint into Taken's backstory And just kind of like brushed it off afterward So I'm 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 definitely taking a lot of notes In in terms of uh, Matt Mercer's playstyle But I don't want to be Matt Mercer I'm, I'm just taking like you know little bits here and there And just trying to make my own thing
1: Yeah that's the, uh, I think I just, I think I honestly just want to see my players' characters genuinely care about each other. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's all I want. And I just want it to, I want it to be well prepped enough that it feels organic and not forced. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And it, especially. Well, hold on, hold on like, okay. I haven't seen him use it. I've been watching him. He was down here all day up until I went upstairs. Sorry man, I'm not trying to distract from your podcast. Oh no, you good, you good.
0: Hi Ellie.
1: She said hi, I don't know if you could hear her. Oh it, it sounded very muffled. But she was she was talking she was mumbling. Oh okay. Love you, babe. <laughs> Hurry up. Come on. All right. <laughs> Be decisive. it's all good it's all good but uh yeah no it's uh what we're, we're talking about characters oh yeah uh Tagen to- D- being
0: um a very more organic uh character in terms of reactions
1: and feelings Yeah, but i wish i wish we didn't have neighbors so that way instead of doing the and i just do a battle cry <sighs> i'd rather we not do that i wish we actually didn't have neighbors so just raise your voice, actually do it. Mm-hmm. I would, I would like that. Cause I, f- I get taken out of when we have to like, I'm, I, I project my voice to give the speech to all those, whatever I don't. And then I, I actually talk lower or quieter. So I don't disturb my neighbors. I like, I get taken out of it. It's like, it doesn't feel epic anymore. Yeah. It's like, oh, this could have been awesome. Now it's not.
0: I definitely feel the same way, especially when it comes to like, you know, Recording podcasts and even you know Running the session online um, Being that I have roommates and live in an apartment And having neighbors Like I can't Fully express the emotions That I want to Because of you know being loud and everything like that Hopefully down in you know later down in the future I can have like my own personal studio Where I have soundproof walls And stuff like that
1: All, all enemies in an uh, Apartment uh, Based game have to be quiet dastardly uh intelligent speaking enemies there are no screaming barbarians (laughs) yeah and with
0: my fucking intelligence like that's (laughs) that's that's a hard thing to do oh don't neg
1: yourself like that man
0: dude like i love the whole idea of a very like maniacal like evil smart characters where they can manipulate like all the players actions without them knowing like, I love that. I just can never portray it
1: as best as, like, other people can. Well, to be fair, you don't have anything else to compare yourself to with that. I, I can't think of a single character that's been like that that you would have had been introduced to. True. What yeah. maniacal characters have you guys come across? I guess I'm, I'm well, more comparing myself. For sure, yeah, but not, you know the witty, into not not evil Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. I, th-
0: I think it's more because I'm comparing myself to, like, anime characters that I've seen that act in that sw- same sort of vein. So I don't know if you've ever seen Death Note. It has been suggested to me so many times, but I just haven't gotten into it. It's it's a really cool concept, and it's, like, honestly one of my favorite ones. I'm surprised I haven't gotten a tattoo about it yet. But the, the main character is a very maniacal like sociopathic like evil genius where he can think five moves ahead of every other character in the show and play it off like he doesn't know anything and still come out on top um like there's not to like spoil anything but there was like a whole event where he's basically competing against someone else okay so I'll, I'll tell you so, the the whole concept of Death Note is, you know, this kid finds a book where if you write someone's name in it, they die of a heart they attack. Yeah. Um, you some, know,
1: yeah. Some, you know,
0: yeah. final destination occurs when your name goes in the book. Basically. And you can write the cause of death, excruciating details and stuff like that. Um, basically, there's the world's greatest detective comes to find out that, you know, someone in Japan has this book and it's killing people this way. And basically... Narrows it down to the, the, the main character... And... Has him join his task force to quote unquote... Find the killer even though he's already a suspect. And it's... It goes on for a couple episodes where he's... Trying to outsmart the detective... While he's still in the same room with him. And basically it goes to the length of... Wiping his own memory... And plotting everything out of who's gonna get the book next... What are they going to do with it how long they're going to have it and the exact moment of when he's going to make contact with the book so he can regain his memories and kill the, de- the detective
1: yeah that's great i i love that uh yeah that's just great
0: yeah it's and that's i guess that's the type of evil genius character that i would like to portray but that's just so much like planning and thinking and
1: knowing exactly what your opponent is going to do. You have to think it out story-wise and then mechanically, how would that work? Because, and here's the downside upside downside depends your point of view. Uh, You have to mechanically do this because that way your players have a shot interrupting or interfering. You have to come up with mechanics. That way there is a mechanic for them to break. You have to, we, you, ha, you have to build shit for your players to break. Mm-hmm. If it's all narrative, then they have no way to interfere with it. So like with Asterius, uh there were ways for you guys to interfere with each of his plan, but they were not known to you guys because you get you guys did not do follow up on any research or anything like that. Uh nobody's Now you guys came across the druid the night that uh Daquan got stabbed in his bed which to, to this day i think that's the scariest uh start to a fight i've done i don't know how you guys felt between that the bards versus all the uh the nether spawn the creatures and the black goo monsters that i had coming at you guys i don't know what bothered you more but for me that was my proudest like because the player was you yeah the player had an opportunity and a good chance to win to like just to interrupt the entire plan, it just rolled badly.
0: Yeah, that's and I I agree. Like that was actually one of my favorite moments of the entire campaign while I was playing with uh, DQ because it just came out of surprise. It came out of nowhere, and the bad rolls just instilled more panic. And it's like, oh shit, oh shit, and the type of character that I was playing was a very you know heavily armored character. And I'm attacked in my sleep with no armor I didn't have the best HP I just had this sword and basically Sleeping in my boxers like it, it was the worst case scenario That happened and in character I fully explained That I wanted like spikes on the Window and make sure every window was Like sealed tight because I did not Want this to happen again like if there's A fire I'm escaping through the, the stairs Through the fire
1: and uh, and that's and that's one of the cool things is I act but I rolled I rolled for them to sneak to the house I did a roll for lock lock picking and then I did a roll for stealthing inside and then an athletics check for climbing to the window I, I did rolls for all of that and it was just you know above anybody's passive perception and passive perception by the way doesn't if you have a twenty four and passive perception doesn't mean necessarily. It can. Maybe I would rule that it does. But gen- in general, it doesn't mean that you hear a twig snap 30 yards away in the middle of your dead sleep long rest. You don't snap awake and be like, there's an enemy over there. Mm-hmm. It's just, But if you're awake, then yeah, you're aware. But there's just nobody was awake. Nobody was aware. If somebody was, there could have been a contested role. Yeah, that
0: would have been. I don't know. I, I- I love the way that it played out, though, where it, it just happened in, in sleep, and the 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 whole struggle of you know trying to get up from the bed while he's holding like my character down and just slashing across him. That that could have been bad if I was if I was not able to break that grasp the, the grapple.
1: I he could have very well died right there. Oh, and it wasn't just you. Nobody had their armor on. The only person that was set up for fighting was Rogar. And he got thrown out of a fucking window.
0: Which by far is like the best thing that's happened to the barbarian. The the key fighter in this whole entire encounter got tossed out of a fucking second story window.
1: Two bards walk into a tavern. Oh shit, that's right. It was a tavern too. (laughs) Yeah. Two bards level um, seven at the time. They were both just level seven. (laughs) That's it. Two level seven. A valor and a sword bard and I just I, I gave them a little bit beef like another 30 points of HP that was it and they had healing potions on them uh, versus a paladin uh Darman I don't think was around yet for this no he wasn't Rogar uh Chorus was still around uh Tink but Dave couldn't make the session mm-hmm. but Terza was there uh, Dakota's wife's druid. That's right. Uh, Happened to be wandering by the street. Like, what was like seven? There's like nine PCs involved. In like, a small ass room. In, this, in a small ass room. And upcasting hold person on you guys. Mm-hmm. The frustration with Tyler. I'm out of rages. <laughs> Two rounds into combat. I'm out of rages. Yeah, that was very bad. That actually was the fight. That made me
0: realize the the very first characters that we created, me and Chris, are actually pretty badass characters if we knew how to actually play them. They were a re- really bad duo. Like if they worked together and you know buffed each other
1: up, it, it was a very bad time. That's why I'm always like, you know, if I play a bard, it'll probably be like a valor bard or something. Like if that that I enjoy. I have too many archetypes specifically that I love.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I, I look I I cannot stop myself from looking at party comp. I'll I'll sacrifice some things to be able to still have fun. So like Darman was originally a fighter. He was gonna be a brute, but I turned him into a paladin because Oath of Heroism kind of matched his thing. And also we need somebody with some healing. Yeah. Imagine this campaign without that yeah that, that would've i would have to make all those fights way easier like too easy or been raining healing potions on you guys which wouldn't make sense because how are they ma- producing it with the setting being what it was mm-hmm. like y'all needed somebody but back to dastardly villains uh we've reper- rep- repeatedly found hey you know there's these are perversions of nature not one of you verbalized Let's go find a nature expert. I think that just falls more on the players not thinking
0: as critically as we should have. like everyone's just more of the the brute basically, where you know we just want to be up in the shits fighting people and just doing massive amount of damage. We're, we're just the, the shonen characters of D&D.
1: all, all, all of our characters are uh, the bastard children of Grog Strongjaw. Basically, honestly, yo, we're we're, we're all just characters that like, you know, our moms were all tavern wenches and (laughs) oh, poor DQ's mom. Oh, but man, I I invested so much into Quan's family backstory and that's, that's one of the things that sucks to him. I I basically like you guys, we we worked out like a paragraph, like a notebook paper. So, you know, it's half a paragraph really, Mm -hmm. right? And I established all of this lore to go off that paragraph. Like I basically built all of y'all's actual backstories, like the details of it. I asked you guys, hey, is this cool or no? Okay, cool. I'm, I'm putting it in. Okay, no, I won't put it. But I basically asked the DM, had to write y'all's backstories for you.
0: Yeah, which I completely understand that it, it gets frustrating and tiresome where if the players aren't
1: contributing to their own backstory, why should the, the DM do it? I mean, you got it. There has to be a backstory. It's not an optional thing. If you... Everybody everybody in our group at the beginning of the campaign is like, man, we're all about that sweet, sweet roleplay. We're reading green texts, all that stuff. Not that many great roleplay moments. None that stick out to me. Yeah, Um, no. Chorus going back on that ship to save people. Um... Rogar has more of them because he was genuine. Yeah. He was he, Tyler committed to asking questions and okay. That sounds terrible. He, he tried. Galdar non-existent. Yeah. Go, go, there's no role play with Galdar. Giannis's role play is talking down to people. Uh, even, even Darman is just generically nice not specifically motivated which DMPC so Mm -hmm. i cut myself slack but really no reason
0: Yeah, and like even with Lucan too he didn't really have much uh, much of a a roleplay like highlight moment or anything like that everything was just more him reacting to certain situations
1: oh man yeah Speaking of Darman, dude, I was talking with Chris. Is like, man, now that like I'm playing as a campaign, how great would it be if I could just play Darman, <laughs> just be a PC with Darman in this group? The, still a nice guy in the party. But it was like, oh man, hey, wild! It could
0: it could be possible in Wild Mount.
1: If Kren, if something terrible happens to Kren. Yeah, I'd you, eat it. You can
0: bring in uh, Darman, just you know, no magical items and way to yeah. level
1: down. Yeah. I'd be down. I'm, I'm actually, yeah, I'm, I'm very into that. <laughs> we'll see. We have a lot of meatheads already and we need somebody that's a caster. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to be investing in, in my intelligence with credit. I have like I, a I, 16, 15 in intelligence. I can see that. Uh, out of everybody, I think
0: out of this current group, I think uh, Kren is the the more back end like actual leader like he's he's
1: not the face of the group but he's the one running shit in the background I'm trying to uh, out of character get the person who should be our face comfortable with being our face
0: yeah i I've been noticing that you've been trying to make uh, Cesare the the
1: face of the of the group not trying to meta because she's bard, but Hey, like you know, you're good at these things. Unless she's not proficient in that, because you know, just because you make a bard doesn't mean you have to be good at talking to people. Maybe you put all your proficiencies in survival, medicine, uh, perception, and then you expertise medicine or something. You know, things like that.
0: Yeah, which actually um, started reminding me. I don't know how much Chris has told you about the the characters that we're um. We've been uh, planning and talking And making for the, your campaign When it starts up again
1: uh, Loosely I know you guys are brothers Human, Drake Warden Drake Monk, Dragon Monk
0: Yeah So the The way that I was um, Planning to play my character Was the Older overprotective brother And it wasn't okay. going to be like a stereotypical like Monk thing Where you know they go to a monastery when this and that. Like, no, he I was planning to portray this character as a a street brawler, if you will. Like basically, where level one feet, he has a tavern brawler feet. And strength monk. Slightly but more con based, where he wasn't a great fighter, like he not you know, strong or anything like that. He's just he can take hits, and it, it's more of you Frank
1: Castle. know, yeah. So he can take There's the hits. Frank Castle's version of a monk. Yes. Mm-hmm. a freaking hallway cell scene. <gasps> basically, I showed Chris that, that scene for the first time like the other night. He'd never seen that scene. What? He hasn't, He hasn't seen any of any of uh, Mister uh Frank Castle. Oh, so man. I showed him the daredevil where he gets out of prison, spoiler alert, and uh, <laughs> breaks it off in like 10 guys and realistically gets injured. That's what I, that's what I loved about, by the way. So I'm going to go on a tangent here because I love That's violence. fine. Um, whenever you're fighting somebody with a knife, even if you have a knife, you are getting cut. I don't care if you're like a million degree black belt. You are getting slashed or stabbed. Yeah, And Frank Castle he, he gets that he wins Very clearly wins it's never up for debate But he does get hurt by these amateurs and It's like I love yeah. it this is real this is real life oh my god Yeah
0: and even some of the, the Like expert martial artists that I've seen videos on That would talk about you know Defending yourself against a knife attack The first thing that always say is You have to get it through your head that you will be You know you will get hit You will get slashed It's just a matter of trying to I guess. Minimize. Minimize the, the amount of damage. Um, which going. That was my dog, by the way. Um, which actually reminds me of the, the hallway scene in Daredevil. Where it starts off, you know, him just going at all, all these guys. And by the end of the of the whole scene, he's just tired out. Where he can barely, just barely throw a single punch. And it's so realistic and it's so good because he's still getting hit, he's still getting you know grappled and this man slammed, but
1: it just wears when you're you down. Gassed, you're gasped. Mm-hmm. And he's blind when you, too. When you find out where the bottom of your tank is at, that's a scary moment. <laughs> oh yeah, from the little bit of time that you find the bottom of your tank in a moment where like you need your tank to be full or as full as you can make it, it's like you know. Maybe I should have fucking been running. Maybe I didn't need to be just lifting. Maybe my ass needed to be running.
0: Yeah, that's how I felt when I was taking um some lessons in like Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where um we will do like sparring sessions, and it'll be either you know like three minute little sparring sessions. You know, we can still take breaks here and there, but you know, you you got to go at it for these three minutes. And it's hard, you know, yeah, like the first couple seconds that you know i'm going at it i'm like yeah i feel good and then i start tiring myself out i'm like man this is kind of it's kind of dragging out like how long have we been going at it like, it feels like it's been longer than than 3 minutes and it's been 27 seconds exactly oh, fuck. i look at the clock and it's like still plenty of time left i'm like oh my god i'm not going to make it
1: <laughs> dude that was a, that was I, that's one of the reasons i loved wrestling in high school Uh, It was just, I didn't, I wasn't very good at it. I didn't start till junior year. So like I suck. I I won two wrestling matches. That's it. I wasn't, if I'd started younger, cool. But I was in shape. Oh my God. I was in shape because you're just wrestling. nonstop. stop. Two minutes. All right, cool. Break new third, third period. Two minutes, two minutes. Just, and they're not like breaks where you get water. They're like, you reset, keep going. Yeah. It's like hard six to minutes of just breaking yourself off. Yeah, because you know there's somebody who's the same weight as you. Imagine wrestling somebody who is the exact weight as you, oh, and sucks. now like you know who is stronger because you can tell. <laughs> if we both weigh 170, 80 pounds or whatever, we can tell immediately who's actually stronger. You know, oh fuck, I'm weaker than this guy. Yep. I felt that same way with
0: doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. oh my. it, it was bad, and it made it- me get humbled. Yep. Real quick. I remember going into uh, one session and, you know, we're going to do a little bit of of sparring after we did a bunch of techniques and being the the shy person that I am, like I'm looking around, like I don't know any of these guys, but I got partnered up with someone smaller and way skinnier than me. I'm like, I got a little bit overconfident. I was like in my head, uh, I'm just going to toss this guy around. Like this guy's not going to be able to do anything to me. As soon as we started going at it, I got flipped and tossed oh. right on my back, choked out. I didn't even know what's going on. I'm like, I, I alright, I'm done. I'm done. I quit. It was a humbling
1: experience. Yeah, you, then you come over to our D and D game like, yo, I'm trying to do G things and immediately G checked. It's like, why can't I be the <laughs> tough guy in any reality? Why oh, is he even fiction denying me? Bro, I
0: specifically remember the time that I had a spar against the instructor where I guess uh, everybody else was taken up and he was like, All right, you're sparring against me. I was like, But why? Like, you've been doing this for like 30 something years. Like, I I know I could learn a lot, but I'm not going to win. And it was the most humbling thing because I was trying to do so many things, you know, toss him down. He's just, you know, basically staying in that same spot. Like, I was not able to do anything. And I don't know what he did But he basically Like hip tossed me onto the ground And basically spread his entire weight on me And I, I could not move I could not breathe I was like alright I'm, I'm done I had to tap And it was just a simple move like that That you know took me out
1: Instructors yeah, band I, I My favorite memory from wrestling is You know cross faces. is? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. So you know, it's it's literally crossing somebody's face, but it's you're pulling on their face with your forearm. You don't wind back. That's illegal. This is a strike. But just starting from here and pop, that's fine, as long as you just don't go pop. Yeah. I I pulled this kid's face like imagine the left edge of your your mouth right, and I pulled that shit past the right side of his nose. And I st- we stood up and my arm was just covered in blood mm. and. Oh, oh, dude, I was like that feeling in, uh, in, uh, finding Nemo where Bruce, the shark gets that little hint of blood in his eyes, dilate and everything. Oh yeah. That's what it felt. I, in my, my experiences, there's something about having other people's blood on me that just is intoxicating. Like <laughs> I don't think I've thing. ever talked about that end of, of my violent experiences with you or not, but. I think a bunch of them, as far as the the psychedelic feeling, the euf- euphoric feeling, yeah, that, that, that I get, I love it. That whole primal instinct type of thing. <laughs> My answers are smiling at me, Imperial. Can you say the same? <laughs> oh man,
0: going back to Skyrim. Yo, do, which, do, do. that actually reminds me. I think the uh, the whole Xbox thing was uh, announced uh, yesterday, probably that they announced. I think Elder Scroll Six.
1: I mean, they announced it like a year or two ago.
0: Yeah, but then they show. We are working. Okay, so they didn't show any like recent screenshots or anything like that, did they?
1: You you can't you can't tell me that without me looking now. So
0: honestly, I thought you were watching it.
1: I'm just let. It's all release date news and rumors. Because, the thing is, Starfield's coming out first before Elder Scrolls Six does, and we haven't heard shit about Starfield yet, besides so some leaked screenshots. Gotcha. So I'm not, I'm not investing into uh, Elder Scrolls yet until this But when it does, I'm, I'm not gonna see. I'm, I'll be married by then, so I, I won't see my wife. I won't see my cats. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be gone.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: I had, I had my, I had set aside. I pre-ordered. I fully paid out uh, for Skyrim before it came out. Yeah, at a GameStop, and I, I, gave the receipt to my parents and like, hey, it's already paid off for. If you could pick it up on this day for me and mail it to me while I'm in Guantanamo Bay, I would appreciate that. And I had, I had my copy of of uh, Skyrim like two or three days after release. Dope, dope. On the 360, my old white OG 360 that had been redone with the uh, red ring of death like three times. I, I, I that thing stayed at Microsoft.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say like the OG 360 was notorious for having the, the red ring of death. Yeah, I mean, yeah. PS3 had the, the yellow light of death, but it was normally pretty like easy fix all you had to do was just uh reflash the entire thing
1: yeah i can't remember the last time i cared about playstation
0: that's fair dude i tried to hop on the the ps4 the other day and i had the, the ps4 connected like hardwired with a network cable and i was just getting shitty ass fucking like download speeds like hardwired and No other system was connected at the time, and I'm like, what the fuck? I connected to the Xbox. I'm getting like 120 like megabytes per second download. I was like, this is why I stay playing Xbox now.
1: The last PlayStation I had was PlayStation 2. Grand Theft Auto, Jack and Daxter 2. Uh. Yeah, that's fucking it. Honestly. I was playing on Xbox. I had NCAA football uh Knights of the Old Republic Halo 2 Morrowind you know Fable
0: See Fable was always one of those games that I um, had to go to someone else's house to play cuz I never had a 360 Well it was on Xbox Fable was on Xbox Bro I never had an Xbox until now like the Xbox 1 is the first Xbox system that I've owned ever like the times that I played Halo, the times that I played Fable and all that stuff, I had to go to someone else's house to play. House?
1: Yeah, like when you're getting dumped on by your friends on in Halo. So here's something cool: I lived in Texas at the time when Halo Two came out, and like I got into it. That's when I got introduced to video games. Mm-hmm. When Halo Two came out, that was when I started playing video games. So I was like 12 before I had even touched an Xbox controller. Other people had had it for you know. I got Halo Two. And everything shortly shortly before uh the 360 was about like the 360 was announced and i got an xbox <laughs> that's that's generally how it went the xbox one is went when i was an adult it was like first day yeah
0: I, um I, I had a definitely similar experience especially with like the ps2 and the ps3
1: but dude my friend his brother and him shared like a bathroom in the middle and so they had a system link that went all the way through the bathroom and we would all go over and we had two tv stuff we would do system links. we'd have four on four matches like every freaking weekend we'd go over there and just play against each other just shoddy snipers lockdown <laughs> bat brs swat uh all sorts of stuff
0: it was awesome bro the i guess the only competitive multiplayer like halo experience that i've had <laughs> was when um back in high school. We had like the the technical shops where we learned about a certain specific field because I went to Viltek. So my architecture class, uh, one kid had Halo, I think Halo 2, um, installed on a flash drive and he passed it out to everyone in the class so they can install it on their computer. And that day we had a substitute teacher and um, our regular teacher made us like change the, the ways the computers were set up. So we... Some of us had the computers facing the teacher But I sat in the back So my computer was facing away from him And we basically The substitute teacher walked out For a while I don't know what they were doing But we all Like in a class full of like 20 something people Like (laughs) got on Halo And was just having A full on like war Basically the entire class
1: I love it I uh those are good times we had halo 3 was like my peak halo like okay i know what i'm doing now i'm good at halo now we had a system link for a birthday of mine right i think it was like my 17th birthday we had people come over we did a one-on-seven match and i destroyed them it was like 50 to 14 it was gross i had never again i I hopped on that with the new master chief collection stuff i'm just kidding i do i have a positive kd but i'm still generally getting my shit pushed in.
0: Oh uh, no, i would get fucking wrecked. I um I get wrecked in Call of Duty. Dude, i I'm not going to lie like during the the PS3 era, we called um fucking Modern Warfare 2. I was actually a pretty fucking beast player. Um and this wasn't like PS3 style stuff. And then Battlefield Bad Company 2 came out and i was just on that shit every fucking day after school I was invited to a clan I was like playing tournaments online I was just going ham on this shit And then I went over to a friend's house He had Halo I think it was Halo 3 at the time And he was like yo you should play uh, multiplayer And see how good you are cause you're good at Call of Duty Not knowing he was fucking trolling me Yeah not knowing he was fucking trolling me You know I was like All right, fuck you I-, I got this I hop on
1: I could not get a fucking single kill I, dude i, I think racked. people that play games like call of duty or battlefield assume that well this is it's a more badass game because it's more realistic so it's clearly the better game skill wise as well like for whatever reason people add on extra values to it based off appearances
0: honestly i gravitated more towards battlefield because of the destructible
1: environments and just the vehicles yeah that's the thing that i love the most um i wanted to get into battlefield i I wanted to my first battlefield that I was like, yeah, cool. I, I, I played the the three. I think the one where he starts off in Fallujah. Okay. I played the campaign with that. Not really a fan of the multiplayer. I just ever, I hate modern shooting games now and competitive multiplayer. Everybody just has full automatic weapon. It's so it's, I'm, I can't, I'm immer, immersion broken. <laughs> it, it won't shoot like that. Like that's not how, it's not how to no. know. Mm-hmm. And it, it like, it'll actually, I'll actually get pissed. Like, I'll actually sit there and get like, oh, oh, I'm real. I'm mad, mad, I'm real, mad.
0: Have <laughs> you? Like, right, you
1: <laughs> I
0: was going to say, have you seen any of the uh, like the VR uh, multiplayer shooter games? Would that be something yes. that you would get into?
1: Oh, me and Dave are like planning on it once it gets better. When it gets to, my thing right now is once you actually have to move, like if you get like the treadmill, the circle thing with the wire stack, mm-hmm. you actually have to run and to crouch kneeling, all that then i'm coming for you 8 year old <laughs> i'm going to be fucking your mom fucking your dad everyone's getting it oh man once once and here's the thing with the vr it even looks like there's like massive aim assist you're not they're not actually you don't have to line it up perfectly you just have to line it up close enough so if i'm like mm-hmm. i'm like aiming at you so i'm aiming at the camera should be where this should be a hit right As long as I'm aimed like in this realm, it's going to hit you. Like that's what when when they get to the point where they have bullet drop and you need to use the sights. That's going to be crazy. Then I'm then I'm not playing Call of Duty anymore. I'm playing gun game online. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm playing sword art now.
0: I was actually going to say, like, the thing that I'm most excited for in terms of VR is just the, the RPG aspects of it. I want that full-on
1: immersion, like, MMO-style VR. Imagine VR Dungeons & Dragons with, like, grid squares in front of you and you actually physically move and you actually do the attack and then, like, it automates a dice roll when you go to swing your sword or something.
0: Bro, I'm just picturing um, Baldur's Gate in VR.
1: Burning hands. (laughs) Just imagine kind of- after seeing a vr ancient dragon like seeing them because the graphics can make the size show up to you mm-hmm. have a have a player that the dm that has just you know, they're playing on a laptop point of view they can zoom in from players pov but they could uh they create terrain with digital tools so like dwarven forge but with digital kind of like a tabletop simulator
0: that would be fucking crazy because it would definitely give players a more perspective of why everything is like 5 feet like you know squares and shit
1: yeah M- imagine that imagine actually like having to like knock an arrow all goofy VR and stuff yeah or digging through like a component patch like where is it where the where the fuck
0: is it where's that Where's that molasses
1: Here, here's where the immersion will get broken it'll go full weeb though because of the way VR is and you have to go you have all your spells like it's going to be the hand control for that there's you yeah. your certain hand plan or whatever So you're going to have to go through a setting menu It's going to end up being like on some, some Yu-Gi-Oh fucking battle arena Shit with the arm set Where you're like you're scrolling through your spells Scrolling through the weapons scrolling. Yeah, It's going Bro. to come down to
0: I'm not going to lie I've seen videos Of like the whole Yu-Gi-Oh VR Where you know the, you're Basically dueling with a you know Virtual duel disc and everything And I like part of me wants to play that so fucking bad because I always wanted that experience of having a dual disc, seeing the monsters come out and like virtual stuff, and just dueling somebody like that.
1: See, I just want to get into a VR fight with Mankey. I just like as me, I want I just want to fist fight Pokemon. (laughs) I (laughs) I can't I'm
0: not I'm not against that. Honestly, like I I would totally be for that. Cuz should a, be
1: stronger than me, right?
0: Yeah. There's a few pokemon that I would probably wanna fight one on one to see who's probably stronger.
1: Like but then like the moment I lose to like unevolved eevee or something, it's like, "All right, well, I'm going to get a gun and I'm going to come back for your pelt. You're going <laughs> to be a cool thing on my floor." See like Thing, I'm going to make you that I think,
0: you know, I'll, I'll be having the time of my life, you know, fighting like Machamps, fighting Macho or this and that, Blaze again, until Beedrill comes out and it's a four foot tall fucking bee with like lances on his hand.
1: With realistic graphics, like imagine if they actually like made a real world like all the eyes and stuff
0: bro that's that's fucking trauma for me like no I'm gonna be traumatized I'm gonna be curled up in a fetal position getting stabbed by this fucking bead drill and shit like no insect should be four feet fucking tall and that's just the
1: average height I'll make it a little bit easier to tolerate so instead of making it full on insect what about this mecha bead (laughs) drill less scary because it's a mech
0: Yes, but just still hearing the the buzzing of like these animatronic wings and seeing all the little like eyes light up red. It's still traumatizing.
1: What I want to find is um is uh a beedrill queen. What does that look like?
0: Please don't. Please no. It's like
1: twelve, it's like twelve feet tall. It weighs like two hundred pounds. It's a bug that weighs two hundred pounds.
0: I mean, there, there's and a. Now,
1: now we segue into Starship Troopers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Please no. I mean, there's a Vespa but Vespa doesn't seem that scary. But if there's a Queen Bee Drill, uh, I will never. If there's a Queen Bee Drill in the world of Pokemon, and I that's the first thing that I run into after getting my starter Pokemon, I'm going home, never leaving my house, and I'm just gonna be a farmer. Yeah, well. Because I can only imagine, I can only imagine everything else like running, accidentally running into like one of the legendaries and just seeing how like huge and realistic these things would look and how basically kaiju like they are.
1: Oh, dude, I was sitting there. You just made me think of, you know, how how to break the game in a negative way for Pokemon. All right. For your starter, here's a Metapod. Bro. That's your fucking start. like you're relying on that 100 that first free five pokeballs you have yeah Yo, then that's not
0: not even a metapod here's a magic harp have fun like freshly out the egg magic harp
1: I remember playing gold and silver and I I did I made a for alligator breeding farm like I I went to the elite four with six for alligators that I had bred it was super inbred. Bro. It was it was all just Ditto and
0: I, I did the same thing but with just a variety of different Pokemon. I made Ditto a, a whore basically. Like I left Ditto at the daycare and just started swapping the other Pokemon out. But I I can't fault you for that because Feraligator is like definitely
1: one of the beastier um Pokemons of that generation. That's my that's my type. Like I have a type. So Feraligator, Tyranitar, Aeron, um, like, Blaziken. Like, I I have a type of Pokemon. I generally like them to be standing on two feet. Yeah, uh, I can. The exception of Litleo and Pyroar. Lit, Pyroar. If they had a third stage evolution, Litleo would probably be my go-to starter.
0: That's fair. That's fair. I think out of the starters, for Alligator and and Blaziken were definitely my favorite. I wanted mm-hmm. to l- love. Typhlosion, because I love Cyndaquil. But I just feel there was something missing from him.
1: Yeah. You know you know, uh, a bug Pokemon I actually love, or at least I think it's cool? Heracross.
0: I agree with you with that. For me, I had a... Um, Scyther was actually one of my favorite Pokemon because he seemed like the more badass Pokemon of the first generation.
1: He's got a Lizard Head, not a <laughs> Yeah. Not a, not a bug head. Yeah, it did not look like a bug, except for like the bug wings, but it had sight. Take, take Scyther's head and keep it green, but switch it with Bead Drill's head. Put Bead Drill's head on Scyther and make it green. A lot more. Or make it a prey mantis shaped head.
0: Yeah, that, that'd that be a lot more terrifying.
1: Like, have you seen pictures of zoomed in of prey mantis heads? You yeah. watching it?
0: No, I'm, I'm good. I right, keep Scyther the way he
1: okay. is. Imagine four foot tall pre-mantis.
0: I can only imagine because I'm pretty sure that has happened in our world when, you know, oxygen was just a, a little more, bit more available, not available, but, you know, during the, the whole time of the planet where everything was just three times as fucking big because of the amount of oxygen
1: on the planet. It's, uh, I'm just sitting there thinking like, yo, if they had bugs like that, like, yo, you literally can't have outside pets.
0: For like, have you ever seen the the pictures of, um, I think it was like a centipede during the time where, um, everything was true. Like some of them now,
1: some of them fucking now are like fucking boa constrictors, but oh. centipedes.
0: For real. Like, even though they're, they're small, like imagine them like being five feet fucking tall or even taller than that and just being long as shit for no fucking reason. Like just... A
1: centipede that weighs forty pounds.
0: No, that's a, that's a huge no. Like that is the reason why God had like to flood the fucking earth.
1: Why? So that everything that could survive, survive could become creepier and scarier at the bottom of the ocean. Oh fuck! That. I forgot about that. I forgot yeah, about the, the shit that. Forget <laughs> <lives laughs> about in... the deep sea monsters that are real and still Bro, existing
0: Some of the deep sea monsters just look straight like straight out like fucking aliens, man.
1: All of them still exist from like some of them like haven't changed the evolution from thousands of from h- tens and hundreds of the closest thing we got the alligators and crocodiles. Those are the closest things that haven't evolved in the surface. Them yeah. and sharks.
0: Sharks just got smaller, but bro, yeah. I'm, I'm still waiting for the day they announce or like they declassify some government file saying, you know, yeah, we, we found like the hideout or like the, the home of Cthulhu and he's still sleeping inside. At that point, I'm like, uh, yeah, we're. I'm, I'm just going to quit my job. I'm just going to relax because this motherfucker is going to wake up soon. Somebody's going to go in there.
1: See, if we had just stormed Area 51 like we all thought we were going to, we would know. I was fully expecting somebody to like run in that shit. Oh, I mean, when a bunch of dudes are standing out there with rifles, and nobody's going to knock up for that. Florida, man. Who's the first person in line for that?
0: Bro, but uh just get a Florida man with like high off of meth enough speed in his system Florida man will do it
1: some bath salts yeah Brilliant they finally do Jurassic world right but they only revived the insects from that time frame and the bugs were, no 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 cool lizards. It's all it's all like you know prehistoric arachnid. Bro
0: I just want to know who would be the who was the kid that was by himself the entire goddamn time that his only friends were bugs and decided, you know what let's make these bugs bigger. I know, that's that's something that should not exist.
1: See now I'm imagining a centaur with an ant body. But still, like centaur-sized.
0: A chimera with a bunch of different bugs.
1: Hmm. A bear ant. It's got like ant carapace over it, but it's like a furry ant with a (sighs) thickness of like a bear. No, no, no. Mm -mm. Ah. Instead of like the paws, it ends in like these thick pincer hooves.
0: Imagine a mosquito, but, like, leviathan-sized.
1: No. That's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, the, the
0: long-ass, like, needle-nose-sucker thing that it has. Just stabbing people, like... Imagine, like, a bunch of people just fucking shish-kebab with this thing.
1: How big did you say?
0: Leviathan-sized, like... Basically. Oh,
1: it wouldn't be able to it would just suck us in like a straw
0: oh yeah that's right oh we'd
1: be like we'd be like germs inside of the needle we wouldn't even touch the, we could go up without ever touching the the proboscis by the way what it's called yeah thank you um
0: oh <laughs> uh, i'm just imagining like getting sucked up through that and just going inside of this insects like innards Leviathan sized poison
1: dart frogs.
0: Part of me would be very impressed because of the colors, but
1: I know that's deadly. Like, they're just like, if one one or two of them lands in your local lake, they're just like secreting enzymes like, oh, well, now we have something worse than Flint.
0: Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna lie. When I found out about poison dart frogs as a kid, I thought they were so fucking cool because of the color and I wanted one until someone had to like sit me down and explain like no like you will die if you touch one of these but they're still so but fucking I cool want I know it's like the whole it, the best way I can describe it is um, seeing lava and like seeing how like you know red and like gooey it looks I just kind of like want to stick my hand in it and just kind of play with it with, like play-doh but I know it's going to melt my hand
1: off yeah unless you're Jester
0: man that episode. Too soon? Nah, it's not soon enough. Fuck. Um, that episode, though, that, that was actually a pretty intense thing. Considering that everything that happened in the previous episode, too, it was just all in, in the matter of the same day. They just keep
1: surviving.
0: By the skin of their fucking teeth, man. And fucking luck but is on their side.
1: Mercy. But the DM's mercy.
0: Yeah, he. <laughs> Matt has saved them so many fucking times. There's,
1: so. it, it, it started. It's this last one was fine. I don't think he saved them, but like he did, he saved them so many times in a row. Yeah, saving your players is fine, but when you when you've saved them for like three encounters in a row, that's where it's like, okay, this is starting to feel unearned.
0: Unless he he has to do that for narrative purposes. Or they they just need to be alive long enough for something to happen where he can't have them die just yet or like he just doesn't want to introduce a character this late in the game
1: he's done it before
0: yeah I kind of, I kind of
1: forgot I uh, I don't know I, I I would honestly because it's them I would like to see what they would come up with in this scenario because there's only you know there's that Okay, well, we're still early enough on that you could still go through the whole adventure with us, right? I'd like to kind of see what would happen. You know, hey, if we had like two deaths, like two permanent deaths. No revivify, nothing. Available to them. Like, imagine if it was just and Caduceus that died. That would be tough. And then they have to make new characters. Yeah. What would that group dynamic be like?
0: It wouldn't be as tight knit, I feel. Well, they're all professional like actors and stuff like that. So they'll probably make it work. But me as a regular player, I wouldn't be as close to that character as
1: I was to the the previous one that died. And I think that, and I agree with you, I think that's just, but I would like to see what they come up with because I feel mm-hmm. like if anybody could do it well, it would be them oh yeah, definitely, definitely um, I feel like it would be, that's why I love the idea of legacy characters so much So like playing as, as another character's son or daughter or cousin or somebody that the other players have met they've met them and now this NPC becomes a player character
0: actually reminds me imagine playing um as Cedric the the little kid that Haggan had promised like years later down the road like he's finally grown up and he wants to hunt down like whatever entity gave the the sea devils their power
1: It's it's literally it, Cedric is literally just the fucking you can read Moby Dick and know how that would go for Cedric. Yeah, that's he's just fishing for Ugatoa.
0: <laughs> or like something happens, he goes out to sea and ends up like making a pact with Ugatoa. and on either on accident or kind of realizing who he is, but using it as a way to get closer to him. As in that dynamic.
1: It's a... Uh, it's a bold move to purposely become... A... Uh, a pact owner. For the sake of trying to stab your... Pat, the person giving you a pact in the back. Because you have to remember... like So out of... Lore wise... Leveling up as a warlock... You have been fulfilling your end of the bargain you've been doing the things that they want or at least you know or you're on a clock hey you can do whatever you want with my powers but you've got 50 years bitch and then i'm taking it back and interest or hey you're really doing that thing i like keep on doing it here's some more spells a whole another one (laughs) yeah here's an invocation i appreciate you doing what you do and and that, like that's the flair for a warlock true. so like purposely purposely getting in that deal I like it but there's like oh man there's some like you need to know everything about this creature beforehand mm. like you know everything you need to know about the patron before you ever get into the pact and that would be an interest that's like a campaign right there building up to level 20 to become a warlock
0: I like that I, I even though I know it would be really difficult to you know, to pl- or plan an entire like campaign or like campaign quest around that, it the satisfaction at the very end of whatever happens or however this character ends up would just be worth it.
1: It'll, uh, yeah. I agree. Alright, question. So you've DM'd now. Amongst the Eberon group and this current group, the characters, not the players. If you had to make a dream team of four out of them, what would your dream team be based off what you had out of those two, the two games you've deemed so far?
0: Dream team. I would have to choose Carwin with Tagen, Kren.
1: And Xander, so just like meat team meat grinder.
0: Yes, but having Carwin and Kren there would be able to balance out the the more chaotic and like stubbornness of the other two. Where it's like they're both uh, Kren and Carwin are still kind of gun ho but they're more logical and they're more critical about how they go about it. Okay. And then you have Xander and, and Tegan who can just tank up a lot of hits and still dish out the same amount.
1: Korean. Z- Xander, Tegan, Darman, Team con Oof. Fire Team Iron Rock. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is.
0: Yo, speaking of uh, like fire team or firestorm uh, that whole <laughs> encounter in the castle was just honestly really fucking good um, I'm sitting there thinking like this is asinine oh my god yeah they Caleb especially like, he just walked in there and just started fucking shit up like like all stealth was out the, the fucking window he just, he just beer cans too guys yeah And then, didn't they set off a fireball also? Mm Mm-hmm. Bro, that whole whole shit was just ridiculous. I think the highlight of that entire scenario was having Bo go up to the top of the tower and just like lay there, not realizing (laughs) there was somebody up there watching and end up killing him in the most grotesque way
1: possible. Fucking players yeah players I go to stand up to this water deep guard because he should know who the fuck I am uh,
0: I want to say I learned my lesson after that but I know for a fact I did not learn my
1: lesson oh no yeah Any anytime y'all's characters egos get attempted to get a reality check you're like I don't think you understand who I am <laughs> That's that's the default reaction from my players yeah and it,
0: it's happened a bit
1: consistently. Well, yeah,
0: consistently.
1: I don't think there's ever been one time where you guys have been like, you know what? You're right. I am. You you're you're in charge.
0: Luke and realized that after a while. I want to say,
1: um, he had to go. Lucan Luke, and pay, Luke <laughs> learned that lesson. out of He paid for that in pounds of flesh. Yeah,
0: he he learned it. I wouldn't know. I saying like it was the. Most easiest lesson learned, and it you know, but he, he learned that lesson. Um,
1: man, if you'd been more tactical or strategic with him, he would have never got caught.
0: I, I tried, it, it's just not my
1: thing. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. You did not try. You're just <laughs> I, like, no, Oh, I, I start throwing fucking arrows down, fuck these hoes, and then misses. And it's like, Oh shit, like I got a 16 index right now.
0: But you got to give me credit though. I kept that whole shtick of like, shoot first, ask questions later, like throughout the entire time playing as Luke in.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no. And I, I appreciate that. I honestly, I, I almost don't even care about that detail. You <laughs> know, something that are. So there's, there's a difference here. You, the player, are really proud of that. For me, that wasn't a detail that really mattered for what mattered for me is the way you started interacting with the world after. That was what changed. So it's like you invested in the character and you completely changed how you interacted. And that was like, that was cool in it, and you interacted with a way that made sense. And it made it, it. was so good that I felt bad. It was like, fuck. Does, does Jeff feel trapped and having to play this? Like, his character's now been basically whipped into subservience.
0: <laughs> nah, dude. Like, like it, it just made sense for for how everything was going. Like, yo he. He definitely wanted to be, like, someone on on tier or on par with Darman and being this heroic person, you know, being able to make promises to to these people, you know, protecting them, this and that, and then coming to the realization, like, I can't be everywhere at once and do everything
1: myself. Is Is Darman, like, subconsciously you and Chris's standard for heroic character? Is he, like see this is he the is he the right now is he the threshold we have
0: for me no no it's not because okay. darman okay. still has his flaws for Lucan on the other hand darman is is basically his hero like this is the person he aspires to be and wants to you know basically get praises from you know like someone oh that makes me feel bad <laughs> no it, it, it's one of those like, things where like he wants to accomplish something and then have darman come back and be like you know you did a good job but like
1: darman
0: <laughs> basically <laughs> yo but it it's it was head always
1: back,
0: but it was always one of those things where like even though he has helped and darman has expressed you know his thanks for everything like that in lucan's eyes it wasn't the equivalence of you know helping him get out of slavery or helping you know save people or bring him back from the brink of death you know cool so okay. it over time looking just basically had to find ways to do things with his own strength that can mirror or reflect that's those same actions
1: okay yeah, the only reason I brought that up—I I asked that—was because you and you and Chris both, like, when you're talking about heroic stuff, you guys have repeatedly used Darman as the example. I can't speak. Out of the group.
0: Yeah, I can't speak for
1: Chris, but for me, Chorus is my pick because it feels weird to pick your own character, and I don't really because Darman's in PC basically.
0: The reason I pick Darman for a lot of that like, you know, those conversations or those scenarios it's because mm-hmm. it's it's a more standout example that everyone can will know and can agree with. He's um, been
1: around for a while at this point, yes. so that's, I guess, that's fair.
0: So, but in terms of heroics and and, like, the the threshold of what I would consider a hero to be, It's tough because
1: I, we haven't. Actually, we don't have a lot of choices. We don't have a lot of choices with available with what's yeah. available for Mark. And would would actually be thrown into the mix for that for
0: that one. Yeah, but we haven't come across or even created a character that will be able to like meet up to those expectations. Like me as a player, my goal with DQ was to become that type of person, being. Yes heroic King Arthur. Yeah.
1: I'm the good guy. Clearly.
0: Yes. But story-wise, like I kind of wanted to change that. And the way the story was going out, it
1: also reflected that those situations. So now I, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause you, you said you know, I wanted to try something new. So thinking about things now, uh, looking back to just focusing on him with the image you had in your head of him. Uh, Do you think it was easy to get tired or tired out with the way things were with him? Because you didn't have like a fully fleshed out everything for him. And so when you got playing him, you burned the candle out because you didn't have a lot of details to operate with. Did it feel like that at all? Or was it just like, uh because you know me I'm flimsy as shit how many times like if I'm getting to play a character if I change my mind or I don't know what I'm going to do I, don't, uh, I finally get to play I, I, I have all these characters I want to try uh, but I first want to do the same character one time and make them to level 20 Yeah. Uh, uh, but do you ever end up feeling like it's uh, like burnout like so like okay I want to try an evil character now because I think it'd be good with, with Daquan or it's on the table I don't know how often I'm going to get an opportunity to get to do this sort of thing
0: no, it wasn't like a burnout or anything like that. It was more of, um, at the time since I was still kind of a relatively new player, I wanted to be—I thought—what Dendi was just being this overall powerful character, and was trying to find ways to to be that. You know, the the whole damage person, uh, DPS type of person, and.
1: AC of 23.
0: Yeah. So when the story was was starting to reflect that, I started looking into ways that can help, you know, promote or, you know, expand that, that growth into power that I wanted and still make sense story wise. But if given the opportunity and I make a brand new Paladin, I will stick solely on that whole, good guy, like, knight in shining armor, you know, very super religious thing, and I guess that's also the um, problem, like, I originally thought about making, um, DQ super religious, you know, like, all about tier, you know, following the commandments, having other people follow the commandments and everything like that, but I think the problem was me as a player where I'm kind of, like, super against religion, (laughs) and... (laughs) I, I didn't want to like force that and like make it seem you know because we're still relatively new i didn't want to like come across as like that type of person the
1: the old school idea of what a paladin was yeah you didn't want to see so this is the way it appeared for me as far as the religion aspect i could see you deflate like i could actively see you just like like oh okay that sucked. When you'd roll really high on a religion check for a prayer or something like that, and then God didn't talk to you, yeah. Like I could I could see you just go ah. Like that was like a fucking twenty three. Got should talk to me right? Now nah, it, <laughs> it like, ah I w- I w-
0: would def- deflate, but it's more because of the the low roll or like just the
1: constant well, you, things of of failing. You had, you had natural twenties. Two for some of your prayers. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, I want to roll for prayer. Like, okay, roll. And, and I I'd let you roll, but I'd know like he's not answering. Yeah. I like, know before you roll, he's not gonna answer
0: this. And that's also part of my like, you know, that that's all that falls on me because not knowing how gods and deities work in D D. Now that I started DMing, I understand how they work, how, what their role is, and watching, you know, other people play D D. See how gods are, are supposed to interact with um with people.
1: And and that's actually something I've I started off with that and then i I think I've evolved my mindset on that is because of the prompts, the prompts I'm still I'm analyzing them constantly and learning new things. Like, oh, I never realized this before. They're constantly pointing out things to me. Excuse me. But um I think that's part of the backstory thing is. So, like, I sent you a prompt for my character. I had questions in the prompt. So wait on some answers. Um, but when a player, like, if you were, if you did, if you sent me a prompt to Daquan, I'd go back with, okay, what do you imagine your talk? How would your relationship with Tyr go? If we read Daquan now, how would, what would this look like when he prays? Wait, let's go over. Let's write down the commandments. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: Let's, let's talk about it in detail.
0: Yeah. And definitely, if I, if I go into making another paladin, I, I it won't be DQ or reflavor DQ. It, it would be someone completely different. But I will stick true to that that whole religion thing. Um, and now with uh, Tagen being the the zealot um, barbarian, and you know making the the, mm-hmm. the prayers, you know the Raven Queen, this and that. I guess my fear is having Chris. Have the same expectations that I guess I did when I was playing DQ Where you know being fully interactive with the god And this and that So I'm trying to set the expectation to Chris that you know these gods Don't always answer to you Right away or At all even And if they do show signs It's going to be in ways that It's going to be super vague You're not going to understand And it's probably going to manifest itself way later Down the road
1: when you do something to please them or offer them something.
0: Yeah. Meaningful. It, it's like, yeah, cool. You made a, a prayer to the Raven queen on the ship. You haven't done anything for the Raven queen. Like, yeah. Like, why should she follow? Like, why should she listen to you? Like she's the, the queen of death, basically.
1: I, I mean, and remember, you know, they in critical role for an example, because everyone knows the Raven queen pretty heavily. If she wasn't a popular God before that, she was after Critical Role. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, and I, I was a part of D and D before Critical Role, so I couldn't speak on that. But the they were they were up there. They were in the double digits for levels, I think, by the time somebody died and they had to make an offer. Yeah. With her. And with one of her artifacts, or cleanse something of hers. Like they had yeah, you, you have to do a service for the god. And I think what's important is talking I don't mean to keep looking back to the prompt, but back and forth talk with Chris. Hey, like, you know, by the time it's completely done, like all of you guys are probably going to have like a 10 page packet for your characters because you're going to send me the prompt and I'm going to send back to you. Okay. Well, you mentioned this detail, explain this to me. I have questions about this. Okay. You worship this God. Why do you worship this God? When did you start? Who was the person who taught you about it? Give me a description of what they were like. What was your relationship with them? Do they have family? Do you know their family? Like, I'm going to be going through those things and make it easier. So now when you come through and talk about Tyr, just because we're already there. Uh, cool. What was it that made you choose tier amongst, you know, these other 10 gods I'm going to name to you that are similar to him? What made you pick him out of character? I know why, because you like it. But in character... Why would your character pick this person? Well, you know what was different? What yeah, ha- what happened in your life to push you to that? Because in D D, we all know gods are real. Like it's it's stupid, it's ignorant if you're atheist. Like you don't, you can't be an atheist. You can be agnostic. Uh, like like a certain character that we know. I can't remember who. Giannis. Oh. Yeah, Giannis just doesn't like that. He doesn't he, he's unnerved by them. Yeah. But and refuses to engage with them. Yeah.
0: I've I've throw, thrown subtle hints in the the Wildmount campaign in terms of like certain gods interacting with the world, not necessarily to the players themselves. The players may feel like a certain way and I've described it. But Yeah. Like I I've been trying to give as best as I can a representation of you know the gods doing their work in, in the world okay like I'm not gonna give any details on that but yeah I I know for, for a fact you will have already
1: seen evidence of the storm Lord yeah that that seemed very obvious mm-hmm. but using the, the, the storm literally you made it use the storm <laughs> yeah and then described feeling if I hear storm and you feel like okay it's a storm lord thing uh, immediately bam yeah. no, I got it
0: which I don't know if Zach knows about that but
1: I'm assuming he does but I don't know I, I, I get the feeling he hasn't really read shit into it he says he's, he's, he said last session that he's been reading a little bit in. so I was like okay he's dabbled at least I'm uh I'm just excited to play a character in that. yeah sure. Now imagine, you know, if this was the first round of characters we made, like I made Ferris with a completely Taldere Zandria background.
0: Man, if the whole concept of uh, Mount was, uh, I think campaign two was already starting when uh, we
1: started playing the first thing. Um, campaign two had been, so check it when we started playing. Like three weeks later was when molly mock died oh fuck okay yeah bro your first D D game with us like maybe a month later molly mock died shit okay
0: so then yeah like when i if i would have known up and actually like kept up or even like looked into critical role i might have taken the, the um taking notes from you of creating captain Torin as a revelry pirate from the menagerie coast
1: ferris was a an ashari ferris was an earth earth ashari originally but i ended up changing it just because i learned more and i thought it'd be cool i made ferris into the uh bastard child of Keleth and vax for my for his backstory uh Keyleth druid nature powers used it to slow the pregnancy and hide it because there was so much going on with the end stage of their campaign and she didn't want anybody to freak out or add more emotional stress yeah so she was finishing her tempest things with this extremely slowed down pregnancy and later on when things became peaceful she let it she used her magic to let it progress naturally at that point Bro and Fer- Ferris is supposed to, that's why I was trying to make him stealthy and use nature as his theme. His mom is his patron. Keyleth is Ferris's patron. That's fucking that's, dope. That was, that was my whole thing. I was like, this is going to be awesome when I get to it. And then our group didn't even want to fucking make characters that work together. Everybody was a goddamn independent personality. Yeah. The, mo- the moment Galdar and Tyrion were just like, "Oh, we're just gonna beat you into the ground." It's like, "Oh, all right, well, go team." Oh, I missed the cord there.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's something with that camera. I mean, for thirty bucks, I can't really expect much.
1: There he goes. It, it was the cord. I just, I just wiggled it a little bit on accident, and it just whoop, whoop.
0: Yeah. But man, yeah, I, kind of, kind of wish I. Would have looked into DD a little bit more or at least like stayed with it when i first started playing because it's, it's so much fun dude so much fun
1: we were all just grateful you knew what your class did
0: bro i i was so heavily invested into Captain Torn that i wanted to know more about the, the the class of bard like what they can do um then you guys told me about you know you got once you get to this level you can do like subclasses you can go college of val college of lore and I was like, man, like, what's going to be a good fit for for Captain Torn being this, you know, captain? He, he, he would have had his own crew. He would have you know, wanted to be this person that supports his crew. Where, like, he may not be up in the front, but he would be the last person to go down with his ship. So as long as like he can give the opportunity for everybody else to run away, he would stay and fight. I know. And that's why I projected <laughs> my fan fiction on him. I know, bro. Like, by far, your fanfiction of, of him would have been the perfect backstory.
1: Like, for a heroic. Yeah. If, if you weren't going pirate. But I, I
0: just think, like, the whole, like, chaotic good pirate thing was just a really cool concept to me.
1: All right. Alternate, Ferris and Captain Torn are NPCs. That can still happen. Ferris is an agent from the Council of Taldor. <laughs>
0: bro it can happen it can happen
1: i give you full permission to do whatever you want with him but i demand you do your best irish accent if you speak from him
0: i i can't make any promises it's gonna be any good
1: as long as you're trying the whole time even if it's shite
0: <laughs> i'm gonna start looking at youtube videos on how to like do an irish accent But I mean there's always mask of many faces And he was a stealthy character so I technically Don't have to unless he reveals himself
1: Mask of many faces Just changes how you look
0: Doesn't mean he can't like learn how to do Different accents
1: Yeah because I was going to Multiclass in Rogue That was going to happen But now Tasha's came out so it's like Oh maybe I don't need to do that Because I wanted wanted expertise It's like oh I don't need To do that because remember for his level four he picked uh, I picked up uh, prodigy that's what I picked for his level four I didn't pick I didn't boost a stat or anything else I picked mm-hmm. prodigy and I expertised his persuasion dude not that it ever mattered because every time I got to persuade anything it just didn't matter yeah <sighs> ferris has been so much cooler as an npc than as any time i got to actually play him hey there's still the possibility you can play as him yeah maybe i mean shoot i made it awesome i made i wrote like two pages of backstory for Paige too yeah the queen now uh she's from whitestone i i made her a whitestone she was a minor nobility not landed or anything like that just you know she gets to be invited to some of the, you know, Percy stuff, right? Like when they invite all the nobles for, you know, fancy people feast, right? Fancy feast. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag. We're, we're, Bro. <laughs> we're all cat. Uh, and she, had, she led a battle. She got promoted as, in, as part of like, she got to lead a small detachment, of white stone guard. And she went in search of, you know, because of the mind flayers, there were mind flayer incidents popping up, and she went heard about a group that was hunting down the cult, and she went to go search for them Basically,
0: yeah, I actually that just reminded me because of um, being from you know we're playing in Wild Mount, I have to kind of think of, um, I guess, characters and and plot points that may tie into Tal'Dorei. Because I'm sure it's going to come up every, At least once or two Or once or twice
1: Me or Chris I don't think Zach's character is going to bring it up Nah Zach's character is very Simple minded and He's going he's gonna to go wherever Everybody else wants to go as long as As long as I can get by something right Yeah which I have A
0: very I mean, At least me personally very cool Idea for his like Little backstory or Character progression arc, if you will.
1: Okay, I'm. I'm excited to see it from Dan' point of view for your fun sake. How much of it are you are you trying to keep the campaign on the sea as much as possible because pirates and ships and stuff? Or do you are you have stuff uh, predominantly based for being on land for quests? No. How I'm- how much are you expecting the game to be on land versus sea? If you had to per- put a percent percentage on it.
0: I'm fully expecting the whole entire campaign Being on On land rather than on okay. sea The reason I Kind of started off like with the Menagerie Coast um, And having the ship battles and all that stuff Is because Like half the party Was from the Menagerie Coast And I feel Because I I knew How our, the party dynamic was Already going to be Going in and what everyone's expectation was for the character. And as selfish as it, 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 it is, part of me wanted to at least do something on a ship or like ocean related. So I was like, you know, this yeah. is gonna, even if it's just the beginning and it's only going to be for like one or like three sessions or so, let me have my fun with this.
1: <laughs> I'll definitely... I'll definitely want to come back to see, but I'm nervous as shit about it right now with my lack of uh, power. Yeah. And it, it, <laughs> and now I'm paranoid about pirates. I'm paranoid about pirates and Darktoe, and I know I've got this... I have this pirate freaking flag with a dragon head on it, dragon head and crossbones, and I'm imagining that that has some relevance to something. I'm holding on to that thing. Yeah, and I, I figured...
0: like. Actually, going back into Chris's backstory, or it—you guys may have to come back to the sea eventually because of what happened
1: with him. Well, I mean, people raided Nicodranas; they were pirates. Darktoe is not a secret. No, it's At not. At some point, on some point, we got to go to we got to go to Darktoe with uh, the intent of murder.
0: Which actually just reminded me—I completely forgot to write down the name. Of the current playing king.
1: Hey, you got time to make it up? No, we I haven't. You haven't told us the name yet.
0: No, I remember. I specifically remember saying the the name when they were talking about like you know when Taken had his old rage fit when Three Earrings made a mention of the raid. Oh yeah. So I remember it was like, Rayleigh or something like that. But I'm not 100 sure. I'm pretty sure Chris wrote that down. So I'm gonna have to call him after this.
1: Fair enough. I'm excited for tomorrow. I say, man, but I
0: think it's, nice. yeah, I think it's time we should wrap it up here. All right. So it was really dope talking to you, man. I always enjoy these conversations. Same,
1: same thing. It's a uh, little music this time is, you know, it's, this is really isn't any diff- different than our normal conversation. Although I do feel like we're, we're talking a little bit more mature, a little bit more <laughs> like fancy words being used. Uh, uh, but the music is nice. This is, video quality is a lot better yeah dude i that's why
0: i like using google meets because of the video quality but um overall it's just you know matter perspective but thanks again for coming on bro i really appreciate it and as always you're always welcome on here
1: absolutely i'll never say no unless i have homework
0: (laughs) fair enough fair enough all right
1: man all right we'll talk to you later bye
0: So yeah, that was my buddy Will. Man, the is such a fucking awesome thing. And I'm kind of upset that I didn't get to, you know, play this when I was younger. Or even, like, hear about it. It was always such a... Not a taboo thing, but it was always considered very nerdy. And, you know, back in the day, nerd things were not cool. But... To each their own. Hope you guys enjoyed this conversation, and as always, you know, hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on Instagram. Twitter handle is at uh, CrimsonNerd C R I M S zero N capital N three R D, and check out my Instagram page at I am dot Crimson, or even. My professional photography page That I actually have up Uh, Crimson underscore Media photography Man It's been a crazy ass fucking week I hope you guys are doing well Stay safe And Remember to Love one another I'll catch you later